Today is known as the Reign of Christ Sunday. You can see that uh, on the front of the bulletin. It says so. You can sense it in the hymns that we're singing today. You can hear it in the anthems from the choir. And you're going to hear it in the second anthem for sure if you, if you are able to stay seated as they sing it. It's all about the reign of Christ Sunday. Some of us know a little bit about the Christian year. Uh, the changing colors in the sanctuary remind us of the Christian year. Um, the liturgical year doesn't start with January 1. The Christian year doesn't start with July 1 like many financial years begin. It doesn't start in the fall like a school year. The, uh, the Christian year, the liturgical year, starts with Advent. Advent is counted as four Sundays leading up to Christmas, waiting and watching for God's coming every year. And Advent begins next Sunday. Advent kicks off the liturgical Christian year. So this will be blue, and we'll have other things to remind us of a new season and then Advent moves us into Christi Christmas, and Christmas leads to Epiphany, and Epiphany leads to Lent, and Lent leads to Easter, and Easter moves us to Pentecost, and Pentecost is a lot of weeks that come through the fall and into to end on today, which is Reign of Christ Sunday, which will end today and begin Advent next Sunday. So after today, you can go around saying, as Christians, Happy New Year. The church's year always strives to end with a strong and important affirmation. The affirmation is Christ reigns. Christ reigns, that's R-E-I-G-N-S. Not reigns, but reign, as in prevail, as in rule as in showing us something really important. Chaos does not reign, though we might think it does. Confusion and despair do not reign. Pain and suffering that we carry around do not reign. We say every year on this Sunday, and we actually try to say it every Sunday, Christ reigns. God reigns in Jesus Christ. We used to call this Sunday Christ the King Sunday, but it's a little too regal. We're kind of dubious of kings in this country for the last 200 plus years, and we don't, we get nervous when people talk about ruling over us, and we don't want to be overly masculine, so we call it the Reign of Christ Sunday. The Reign of Christ Sunday is fairly new, actually. It started in 1925 by Pope Pius XI, who designated this Christ, Reign of Christ Sunday as a way to, as he put it, combat the destructive powers of this age. That was back in 1925. We're still dealing with the destructive forces of the age so we still need the assertion that Christ reigns because chaos is all around us. Confusion easily eaten at us. Despair nibbling away at our confidence. 
Just read the headlines. The destructive forces still prevail because children are getting shot in Richmond. More and more. Just read the headlines. There's poverty and hunger on our streets. Just read the headlines. There's continuing injustice and inequality for African Americans in our country. There are continuing problems with refugees trying to get to a better life and prosper. We also have very serious statistics about the destruction of our planet. We have greed and cynicism eating away at our political life and our common life. And we have COVID. And we have other diseases and ailments that are debilitating us. And, and we all carry around our own hurts and pains and issues within our families or within our city or in our larger life. The passage for Reign of Christ Sunday lays it right out there for us. Right out there. Listen or read along. The words are in the bulletin from this passage from John 18. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So, are you a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. This short passage gets right to the issue. Right to the issue. Just who is Jesus? Is he the king of the Jews? That's Pilate's question. And just what kind of king is he? Does he really reign? Or does Pilate reign? Or does chaos reign? Or does Caesar reign? Notice what Jesus says to Pilate. You say, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And you know what the very next verse says? Verse 38, right along with this, it says this, and I quote, Pilate asked him, what is truth? And he didn't even wait around for an answer. He simply walked outside and left Jesus to begin the process of being crucified. Pilate, like many of us, I think, is confused. What kind of king is Jesus? And in what way does he really reign? And could he reign in our lives now? Who is he in charge of? What does he reign over? And what's the point here? What's the problems here? And all of these questions dance around another word that's important in this passage and actually used all throughout the Gospel of John. Truth. 
truth. Truth has to do with things that are reliable and dependable. That's how we think of truth. Here's some truths. Two plus two equals four. Eight times eight is 64. A right angle, it's 90 degrees. There's 60 seconds in a minute. There's 60 minutes in an hour. E equals mc squared. That's the most famous equation of all equations, and we remember it from school, even if we don't really remember what it was about. <laughs> there are lots of things we know that are true. If you jump up, you're going to come down. That's gravity. If you stay out in the sun all day, you're going to get sunburned. If you try to breathe underwater, you can't. We'll drown. I can make other comments about truth like UVA or Virginia Tech, <laughs> Duke or UNC, but those would only be half-truths, right? The point is, we know certain things are true because they are reliable and dependable based on our experiences of them. But when the Gospel of John is talking about truth, when Jesus talks about truth, there's more going on here. Lots more going on here. Just like the book of Genesis is not a science book, but a story about God bringing the world into being, the Gospel of John has references to truth, and they're not about science, and not about math, but a story about what God is doing. Jesus' talk about truth is more like Genesis. It's about theological truth. It's about essential truth. It's about eternal truth. As Jesus says to Pilate, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. He's not talking about facts or mathematical data. He's talking about the all-important theological truth, the preeminence of God the steadfast faithfulness of God, the essence of God's abiding care and forever love that covers all of us and the whole world forever. Think back to the beginning verses of John's gospel. Familiar words, all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being, and what came into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the light. It's a message about truth, truth, the truth of Jesus, the truth of God's promises, the truth of God's purposes. This is who Jesus is. The one who brings life to all. The one who is light and with whom there is no darkness. Think back to other words of John's gospel. You might think about John 14 where Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. He's not talking about scientific truth or mathematical issues, but theological truth. Lots of things are true. Two plus two equals four. Eight times eight is 64. Those who follow Jesus find abundance, life in abundance. That's truth. His life is to connect us to God, like a vine to branches. That's another Im image in John. And to God's reign in the world. His life reminds us that nothing can separate us from God's love. That's truth. His life shows us that chaos can make a mess of our lives. But chaos doesn't reign. 
Confusion does not reign. God reigns. Like he said to the woman at the well who was thirsty, he gives drink. And his water is living water, and all who drink of it will never thirst. Like he said to Mary and Martha, grieving about the loss of their brother, he says, those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Truth. Truth. So while uncertainty and disease and other things trouble us, God is always with us. This is truth. While heartache and loss can cause us to stumble, God promises never to leave us, to carry us through all things, everything. This is truth, theological truth, essential truth. And Jesus says, everyone who hears my voice belongs to the truth. Pilate is looking for and thinking about a political king. Jesus is talking about the sovereignty of God. Pilate is, has his mind on someone who might be the, the new governor and take political power from him. And Jesus is not talking about being a new governor, but about who reigns. And it's God who reigns. God who reigns in Jesus, the way and the truth and the life. We belong to God. This is the promise. Life is held by God. This is truth truth. My former teacher and eminent Bible scholar, Walter Brueggemann, has written recently about how difficult the last year has been, trials and tribulations of pandemic and more, and he urges us once again to refocus and reframe our lives as faithful people. Brueggemann says this, the pandemic shows us the limits of technological certitude. We thought technology was the answer to everything. Now we know it's not, and we have to pay attention. Maybe we should be paying attention to God and what God wants from us, Brueggemann says. We see that our immense power is unable to fend off a threat, a threat that has brought paralysis and fear to the whole world. And we keep struggling against this invisible virus. We may need to pay attention to God and what God is calling us to be about. We see that our great wealth is not able to make us secure. Our great wealth cannot automatically make things better for us. Our reliance may need to be on God. On God. This is what Brueggemann says the whole Bible is trying to teach us over and over again. In fact, Brueggemann says that all that's going on around us should press us back to the basics. The basics are the truth. The truth embodied in in Jesus, the basics are found in these words, in life and in death, we belong to God. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Truth. This is the truth that intends to fill our hearts. This is the truth that intends to shape our lives. Christ reigns. That's what Pilate had to learn. This is what we all need to Learn and let it seep deep into our souls and change us. This is the promise for the whole world. God's love covers us, holds us through everything. Everything. So where in your life today do you most need to hear this? What's going on in your life where you most need to hear this? 
Is it some medical situation that you can't quite get your mind or heart around yet? Is there some major transition that you're struggling with and not sure what to do? Is it some debilitating family situation that keeps you up at night? Is it some other struggle holding you back? What is it? Jesus says, everyone who hears my voice belongs to the truth. The truth. God reigns. That's the truth. God is at work. That's the truth. God prevails. That's the truth. And because we belong to Jesus, belong to that truth, we absolutely are called to live a certain way with what we do with our lives tomorrow and the next day and the next day. We live with kindness and we work for justice. That's what we do. We don't just come to church. We seek to realign our lives with God's truth. That means we consider how we spend our money. That means we think about doing our part to save the planet. That means standing up for racial justice in a system that needs a lot of attention. That means thinking about our immense blessings and striving to be a blessing in the world. It means advocating for better laws. It means lots of things. This is what we do. We do not live for ourselves. We live for God and God's reign in the world. That's what we do. I've told you this before. I keep prominent in my study a banner. And it says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It reminds me every day, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is this, God reigns. And God is always at work. And we're God's people. And we have work to do. The main thing, God is sovereign. God prevails. That doesn't mean bad things are just chased away. It reminds us who's, who's sovereign. And it reminds us that our lives are to align with God, to bring about God's justice and joy to all people everywhere. God's peace, God's purposes for all people everywhere. That's what we do. That's the main thing. We keep the main thing, the main thing. Truth. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. You love us, God. You keep calling us to life and faith and following. Offer us your spirit so we can live with faith, hope, and love, seeking justice and joy for all people. Keep showing us the way. We seek to follow Christ our Lord. Amen.